Good morning, everybody. Hate to break up the visiting, and that's that's an awesome thing, but we'll go ahead and get this thing kicked off. Good morning. Good to have you. Wonderful to have the visitors. And, and let me add, if you are a visitor, uh, there's a clipboard on this table going out on the right. If you will, put your email and phone number. That'd be awesome. That way... Uh, we just want to get to know you better, but uh, good to have you if you're visiting. Uh, good to have everybody here. Uh, we have prayer meetings on Wednesday at 3.30 in the afternoon. You're more than welcome to be there. It's a great time. Uh, if I'll let Celeste come if she will. And uh, there's not going to be a women's Bible study this week, but she's going to explain some things. So not this week, next Wednesday. I have to keep thinking, not Thursday, Wednesday the 30th of August, 10.30. Uh, the Daniel Bible study books are on their way. Um, I will text the ladies who signed up for it about the final cost. We're just waiting for the shipping. It shouldn't be more than $15 a book. Um, and yes, I will send you a text about the info regarding the cost there. And then that's it. So nothing this week. We're still taking a break. Uh, but next Wednesday on the 30th. Okay. Thank you, Celeste. Um, and let's don't forget the, I don't ever say this properly, Nobi, the Nobi Indians mission. Uh, Friday evenings, they start that at 6. Uh, to 6.30 and uh, talk to Celeste for more information about that if you're interested. Uh, pray for our missionaries, the Montenegros. Uh, the Teen Challenge uh, food donation bucket is up here. And pray for one another. That's uh, uh, We kind of pass that off, as, but that's a big deal. Let's pray for each other. Uh, John asked me to share a proverb with you. And I picked Proverbs 4.23, but after I read it, you really have to look at verse 20 through 27. So that's your homework to go back and read all that. Because in context, just reading 23 doesn't cut it, but uh, I'll read it. Uh, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, and I got to asking myself, you know, how do you guard your heart? Uh, in this day and age especially, we've got passwords on everything. Can't get in your computer without a password. Uh, can't use hardly anything at the bank, the, your AT. You've got to have a password. Uh, if those things are so important that we guard those, we want to guard our hearts as well. But I, I follow a guy named Alistair Begg. He's pretty awesome. And he, and he says that in the Old Testament, the word heart is used more than 800 times, but more than 200 times it deals with one's thought life, which involves our emotions and those things that motivate and mold us. The Bible calls that the heart. So it's important to keep our thoughts in line, and the best way to do that is read the Bible and a prayer life. And if you go to BibleGateway.com, it's a great source, but you can get a daily uh, Bible study with that, and that'll, that'll kind of kick you in gear to reading the Bible every day. But that's all I got. I'll lead us in prayer, and we'll, uh, we'll get started with the service. 
dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for another day here in Panama. Uh, we, we ask that you bless us today. Uh, we uh, invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. Uh, and we also ask the anointing on John as he, as he leads us in our, in our service today. Thank you for the blessings you continue to shower on us. Uh, be with those that are sick. And uh, also we ask that you bless all the churches in the area. And especially thank you for this wonderful congregation that meets every week. Uh, in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Know how much the Lord loves you. I want you to answer no. Tell me. Right. So we do it. Good morning everyone. Welcome here. Do you know how much the Lord loves you? Tell me. Way, way before time, God said, I want, to make, I want to prepare a bride for you, my son, but it will cost you your life. But my will is that you will go and win them back because they will all be deceived. By the arch enemy. Because I will give them a free will. We sang on the hillside. Justice and mercy met. Because God is righteous and holy. He cannot forgive sin. Without sin being paid for. The soul that sins must die. The Bible says. Because it's a, an offense, a capital offense against a holy God to rebel against him. And Jesus said, at that stage, remember, he was, this, he was he's the eternal son of God. He was not Jesus yet. Are you with me? When you think of the second person of the Trinity, you don't start in Bethlehem. You start, there is no start. He always was what he always is, or what he always is, and what he always will be. When he realized what his father's desire is for those that he will create in his image, in the psalm he said, Father, give me a body and I will go. I will do your will. Because I see that you love them very much. So when the Son of Man stood before time and he looked at what is awaiting him, he set his face like flint to achieve the purpose of a loving Heavenly Father's heart for you and me. He left the highest possible position in all of the universe being adored and glorified by holy angels who knew no sin he lived in complete unity with his father in complete love and happiness not needing anything not lacking anything and the communion between the two is the Holy Spirit the third person equal in power and might so much did God love you 
that all three persons got involved. And he paid the price that you and I cannot pay. If you are in this building today, and I ask when did your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ began, and you struggle to find an answer, it is the same if I find a man with a ring on his finger and ask when did you meet his wife, or are you married, and he says, mm, uh, I wonder, um, let me just think. Uh, um, you just don't get together haphazardly and make a lifetime commitment. So, for us, to come to know the Lord Jesus, is you, there's an appointment. There is an agreement between the two. If you, he says, I have loved you so much that I have given you my life. Will you marry me? That's when he had the cup, the cup in the upper room before he died on the cross. He handed them the cup and said, this is the covenant in my blood. When you drink of it, you swear allegiance to me. Don't tell me you can meet the Lord Jesus Christ and not know it. And if you don't know it, you better know it. There's no other chance. We don't become Christians just going to church. We don't become Christians just doing good things. We we have to be born above from above. And that is by the appointment. And maybe now the Lord is knocking on your heart and saying, will you open it? Are you glad you asked? That's a great love. And there's a song that says, Oh, the love that does not let me go. Once you're a member of the body, there is no amputation. No matter what you do, you don't keep yourself in the body by doing good works. You're doing good works because you are the body. Because the Spirit is flowing through you and you produce fruit. You don't produce fruit to impress anyone. Because God saved you when you were a wretch. And He restored you. So much so that He put you in Christ at the right hand of God. Which is a potential position we are headed towards at breakneck speed. Day by day. I just want to, before I read the word, something that Frank sent me that when you put some money in the collection you are taking part in a ministry which we call the podcast and I have to confess I didn't take it seriously until he sent me this message because I always thought that there are so many famous preachers you can listen to on YouTube who would listen to this one coming from your side And he said, the Lord said to me, it's not about you, dummy. It's about my word. It's about my word. Every opportunity that you have to spread the word, even if it comes through through you, I can do something. The podcast is going to Panama, United States, Costa Rica, Australia, Italy, Brazil, Canada, the Philippines, Romania, Germany, Spain, India, Ghana, Mexico, Colombia, United Kingdom, Nigeria, France, Poland, Indonesia, Iraq, Taiwan, Netherlands, Ireland, Finland, Japan, South Africa, Dominican Republic, Uruguay, Senegal, and the Ukraine.
I've got a bigger international congregation than local. <laughs> so you th praise God for Frank that is faithful in sending it out every Sunday. And for your contribution to make it possible to pay for these things. Sorry, it's too early to send you home. I have to preach. So let's turn to James. And I'm going to read from verse 17. James 1, 17. Father, this is your word. It is the double-edged sword. It divides soul and spirit, bone and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. And we've heard this morning from our Proverbs that we have to guard our heart. Out of the heart is the issues of life. And how we want to guard our heart and mind is to see, allow the Word of God to read us. We are in the house of a loving Heavenly Father. And He is preparing us for the final presentation of the spotless bride to His Son. Why would we not take it seriously? Why would we not let the Word of God read us and let us repent of anything that hinders. Because you say, Jesus said, it's not, you haven't chosen me, but I have chosen you and I've appointed you to go and bear fruit. And that's what we want to do because it's to the glory of the Heavenly Father. So Lord, please open our ears, open our eyes, and let us receive with the word as we will read later on with humility that can save us. Today, tomorrow, until the final day when this old body of ours are transformed into a new one. When you, we see you face to face. Amen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Very important verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once forgets what he has what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious, and he does not bridle his tongue, but, dece but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure 
and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the, wor the world. For us to understand the first chapter, I want you to concentrate on verse 27. What James is trying to teach us is what is a pure and an undefiled relationship with God like. That's his main aim. To summarize what he has said before, three things we need to know. First of all, that the plans and the purposes of God for your and my life are good. That's trials, tests, temptations, tribulations, hardship. Because faith needs to be tested. Because the aim is endurance. That's number one. Number two, God is good. He is always good. He is unmixed in His goodness. He is not good and evil. He is only good. And from Him we receive only good. When you are in a trial, the last thing you need to want to do is first of all think, am I really saved? And the second thing, is God really on my side? And that is what James wants to tell us. Yes, his plans are good, he is good. And then we come to the section that we do today about his word. He's talking about the words about four times there. The word, the word, the law. And he said, it is true. Faith is when you stand on the rock in, despite the storm like the house that is not built on sand, but is built on the rock. Because you know the rock will not give way. Why? God said it. And God says, I do not lie, and I do not change my mind. So those are the things that you have to have somewhere stored in your hard drive. God is always good. His plans are always good. And his word is always true. It doesn't matter what I see and what I feel. The goal of God for your and my life here on earth is sanctification. There's a verse, Galatians 4.19. Friday morning I woke up early. Wondered, Lord, will you give me a handle on what to say today? I just woke up with what Paul has said. I'm in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Where did Paul get that? My brother and sister, the Holy Spirit is in the anguish of childbirth to see in your life and in my life the image of Jesus. That is why we all have hardship. The plan that God has for us is not to toughen us up just to toughen us up. He has in mind that we will be matured and complete, not lacking anything. And this is what he's looking for, fellowship with mature children. 
once we are there with Him in glory forever and ever, He wants us to be out of diapers. He wants to have fellowship with mature children who have learned through the hardships on earth that God is good, that His plans are good, and that His word is true. That is why the Bible can say in the first verses, count it all joy when you face trials or you fall into trials and hardships of many kinds. It is not by accident, it is by design. And for us, we have too often a horizontal outlook on life. And we think our hardships, we, we struggle with what is happening around us and we, fall, we f doubt the love of God. It is because we are, our views are too low of our destination. We should look up and say, thank God I'm a le legitimate child of His because I am going through hardship. Because who prays and cry out to God in times of financial success or whatever success we have if we have no trials? But when we're under pressure, that's when the diamond is formed. You take charcoal and you put it under thousands of pounds of pressure over years, you get a diamond. God is interested in that in our lives. To bring forth His character. I want you to think of your spiritual life as an embryo. And you think of your own life and your own heart as a womb. In verse 18 we said he brought us forth. Verse 18 of um, you don't have to go there. John 1 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. He brought us forth. The word of truth is what? It's the gospel of our salvation. Ephesians 1 13. So when you see word of truth you see gospel. The gospel is the good news that God has come in His mercy to quicken us, to deposit in you, your and my life the seed of life. The seed of life through the Holy Spirit that will birth in us a new life, an embryo. And that embryo has to be attached to something to make it grow. In the early stage, it's the placenta. So when you receive the implanted Word of God that makes you a child of God through the Gospel of Jesus Christ, through the washing of, re of renewal and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, we call it regeneration, we call it rebirth. And it's got nothing to do with you. We have sung that we can only look, look to me and be saved. Isaiah 45, 22, look to me and be saved. In Numbers 21, the Israelites were grumbling against God. They sinned in rebellion and He sent fiery serpents among them. And everyone that was bitten was destined to die. It's a poison that you could not escape. And they cried out in repentance and God said to Moses, make this snake of bronze and put it on the pole. And what did they have to do, those who are bitten, those who are staring death in the face, what did they have to do? They only had to look. Isaiah 45, 22, look to me. 
That is a simple thing that you and I have to do to be saved, is to look to the Savior because you realize it is not in me. The solution to life is not in me. I cannot do anything. I have been infested with deadly poison that's going to take me to hell unless God intervenes. So once I did that, there's an embryo in my life. I have received from God a divine nature. Think of the Lord Jesus Christ before time. He said to his father, I'll give me a body and I'll go. And what did, he do? what did he take upon himself? A human nature. You and I have received because of his sacrifice, divine nature. But in its infancy, like Jesus was a human being, a baby. You and I, when we get born again, we are just babies. And unless we implanted in the word unless th that placenta develops eventually an umbilical cord that will feed me I will die I will just disappear in the womb the life, that embryo life cannot be sustained unless I feed it the truth of God's word what's so amazing about mothers if you tell them the first time that they're pregnant then they think oh my goodness what did I eat yesterday oh I, I had um, alcohol two weeks ago is my baby going to die would we be like that about the spiritual life that God has given us to make sure that our eyes and our ears and whatever is coming through us is filtered as for a pregnant woman to protect this life in me because it's so vital. You and I have an ideal situation to make sure that this embryo is coming towards what God is wanting us to be, fully mature. He wants this baby to look like Jesus. And He's given us His Spirit that can encourage us, that can convict us. When you feel convicted, do not pass it on. Do not shrug it off because your conscience gets seared. And you remain a stunted growth. And God has a place for you in His government that He is grooming you for. But you can opt out and remain a baby. So the point I want to make today is that every mother, when she sits and the baby, she's dreaming. What is she going to look like? I hope it's not like a dad. <laughs> is she going to be smart? What is he going to do? <laughs> what is he going to do? Do you dream? Do you dream about this life that God has given you? What is going to turn out? Where God is going to use you? How are you going to glorify His name? It is time. It is time we daydream about where we headed. But the one who looks into, the Greek says, the perfect Law of liberty. It's one word. Perfect law of liberty. This word, perfect. This perfect has got to do with a starting point and an ending point. It's almost like you can say perfecting. The law. So, so don't get stuck when you lo look at law here. Don't think that it is the same concept as we've discussed with Galatians where people try to, got sa to get saved through the law. Right? Paul said, you get justified not by works of the law. What means justified? Forgiven. A new life. You don't get that by earning it. But here, the law here 
Remember when did the nation of Israel receive the law? After they were delivered by the blood of an innocent lamb. They were already blood-bought. Then the law came. But they mixed it up. They forgot about the blood. They thought, I'm going to keep the law to be holy and to impress God. And God said, no. No one can earn anything before me. I am a God of grace and mercy only. No merit. So, what the law here stands for is teaching. Once we have the divine life in us, through the rebirth, God gives us His statutes. God gives us His law. And He says, this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is how I think. This is, I, this is, this is your Father. You are a chip of the block. And if you, want to, if you want to grow up to become like me, I want you to follow the perfect law of liberty. Liberty. Why liberty? Why freedom? It's freedom from sin. It is freedom from guilt. It is freedom from shame. I do not earn anything. I am being loved like, like the, the depth of God's love. We will never understand. We will never reach the bottom of it. So much so that Paul says we have to pray to the, that the Holy Spirit will give us power in the inner man so that we can know the matchless love of God. The height, the depth, the length, the width. Because it surpasses knowledge. And God says... Look into my law of liberty. Whatever you and I struggle with, whatever sin is besetting us, look into the law of liberty. You will find the grace that sets you free. And that's why Paul says, do not become back under a yoke of slavery. Because no longer do we earn our salvation by reading the word and by doers of the word. My brother, you and I have... The, 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 the potential to deceive ourselves in a split second. What I mean by that is we hear the word and we agree, but we go out the door and we've already forgotten what to do. And then when somebody says it again or you come again, find the verse again, then you realize, oh, I know it. Knowing it is not doing it. There was a time in my life that I had to put a verse in front of my eyes every day. Because my mind was like an old record player. And the, 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 the music that I played had only one tune and it got into that groove. Over and over and over again. Whether it be angry, anger, or whether it be bitterness, or whether it's unforgiveness, or resentment, or just a bad habit, or um, a, a feeling of shame and guilt I cannot, I could not shake, and, and, and I did not realize. I, through the law of liberty, can be set free from that. But God wants my cooperation. Paul says, He's in the anguish of childbirth. The Holy Spirit says, I am in the anguish of childbirth for each one of you until this embryo that you carry, this divine life of God, looks like Jesus. Is mature and complete, not lacking anything. Because there's a royal wedding. There's a royal wedding waiting. 
We're not going to have pants. We're going to have white dresses. We're going to be spotless. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. Mature and complete. God will not require of us something that He will not provide the grace to do. That perfect is just what I do in James 1. When I find hardship, I remember three things. God is. God's plans are. The word is. And then we look with joy to what he is preparing for us and what he has for us. And never forget that God is a father who is faithful. I always want to remember 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13. No trial has befallen you and I that are not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And with the hardship, with the trial, he will provide the way of escape. Isn't that marvelous? He's a father. He's a loving father. He's watching you. And even if you kick and scream and say, Father, you're not fair, it's good as long as you talk to him. Let your heart be known because he sees it anyway. Just look at David. Often when I feel life is overwhelming, my trial is too much to bear, I run to the Psalms because there I will find myself. Especially when he says about his enemies, slap them in the face and break their teeth. Put a, put a hook in their jaw and turn them around. At least it feels good for the moment just to say, Lord, I, 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 this is how I feel. And then the Holy Spirit has time to minister to you. Always be honest with the Lord. He's not ashamed. He's not afraid of our questions. Let's pray. Father, I want to pray for your people here who are going through a hard time and who, has, who have been going through a hard time for a while. Thank you for the encouragement of your word. Thank you that you are not a liar. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. That you are a God of grace that knows exactly what we can endure. And a God that's faithful. A God who has his ears tuned to our prayers because he says before we even know, before we even ask, he knows what we need. And then we have the precious Holy Spirit that is indwelling us. And when we pray, we don't have the words. And the Bible says the Spirit is crying out through us with groans that cannot be uttered in words. How many times? Or are you there today where you feel, I don't know what to pray. Go and sit before God and even if you just cry. The Holy Spirit is praying through you with groans unutterable in words. And what is so amazing is that the Father is searching your heart and He knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he has proven it on the cross of Calvary before we even conscious of sin, he died for us. Father, I pray for each and every precious person here. 
that we will with jealousy watch over this new life that you've given us and make sure that the umbilical cord of the Spirit will not be grieved by what we watch and say and do and about carelessness and unpreparedness for the world that is to come. That we will get too comfortable in this world and have our visions too low. pray for those who are sick. I pray for those of us who have family that don't know you. Friends who don't know you. We lift that up to you, O oh God. Jesus, you are the great burden bearer. Thank you that you bear up our burdens and you bear us up before God as ever interceding for us at his right hand. We need your prayers. We want to give you glory and honor in this day. Be glorified, O God, in our lives. May the words of our mouths, with the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable to your God, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people say, Amen.